monthly podcast this Sunday, November 6th at 6.30 p.m. Central Time with Bailey Cooper, a registered dietitian, as well as a lady with her PhD who knows all about the food that we need to fuel our fire while we're chasing those gold buckle dreams. Learn more at rodeokids.com. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. Today we have Doug Champion from Champion Living with us. And Doug, we're just really excited to hear your story and learn who you are, like how you got started what champion living is, what drives you, what motivates you, what keeps you going, just all the cool things that you are offering. Yeah. I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you kind of share your story about who you are and, and what you're doing. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Thank you so much for having me on today. Excited about being on the show. Yeah, to start off, I get, like you said, my name is Doug Champion. I own uh, Champion Living Fitness. And what we do is we specialize in individualized training for largely rodeo athletes, but not just rodeo athletes. We actually get to train a good handful um, of varieties of demographics. So um, we have lots of other athletes. We also have lots of farmers and ranchers or people that just want to, you know, moms and dads want to chase their kids around the yard and want to feel good about it and not be sore and out of breath doing it. So we have a large array of who we train, but um, a good amount of who we work with and we're lucky enough to work with our elite rodeo athletes. Um, So when we're putting these plans together, you know, we're really taking into mind the individual and not just uh, the goal in mind. So I think that's where a lot of people get lost and we'll kind of get into that a little bit down the road. Um, I just want to get into, like you said, my story, I guess, where I started, how I got into fitness. Um, I rode bucking horses for, I'd say about 10 years, 10, 11 years, started in high school, um, went to Sam Houston State, uh, rodeoed for Bubba Miller there. And started professionally rodeoing in college and I had a just a freak accident which is part of rough stock and ended up breaking my back right yeah anything rodeo there's always that factor of the unknown and things like that can happen and they will happen it's just uh you know whether who it's to and um and how prepared prepared you are to handle that injury exactly I was just going to say that how prepared you've you are for those instances um, and that's kind of one of the big main keys about fitness for us when we're talking to rodeo athletes, even if you're a barrel racer, it's like you want to be prepared for that 1% of the time that something really wacky happens and your body has enough muscle to protect itself from, from breaking rather than snapping. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I broke instead of bending, <laughs> uh, I had a horse slip over with me into a fence and, uh, she got my collarbone ribs and my back all at the same time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a bummer. It hurt. It hurt really bad too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's when I really realized on the on the rehab side of things, there's big, big things missing. So collarbone healed up, ribs healed up, back did not heal up very well. And I was having lots of pain, lots of numbness in my legs. Um, couldn't sit for long periods of time without just just dull, constant pain. Um, and it really it did kind of change my life for a little bit. Um but I was at such a, I was 23 years old and uh, back surgery is usually an old person's game, right? Someone in yeah. their sixties or seventies, unless something 
like an accident like that happened. So I met with two or three doctors that just were not really confident in their abilities, I guess, to perform the surgery and me to have a really good quality of life after because they, again, working on older people, the results of a spine fusion, they're not strong in general. They're already really weak. And so the, recovering from a surgery like that is very, very hard. So to yeah. say that an older person in their seventies or sixties or whatever is going to have the same recovery rate or something as a 23 year old is hard to, it's hard to say what's going to happen. Right. Right. So your activity level at 23 years old mm -hmm. and what you're wanting to do once you're healed, whereas, you know, when you're older for the most part, you know, your activity level has decreased. It decreased. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that's true for everybody. I know that there's some still freak of nature older people that like run marathons and kick everybody's butt. But, <laughs> you know, most of those yeah. people are the ones that are bending, not breaking. So exactly, exactly. when you're 23 and what your future looks like versus mm -hmm. when you're 70, 80, it's totally different ballgame. Big differences. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally different. And I think really not comparable. So I went their their only option was physical therapy right so i went for two years with this pain and pt was not i did physical therapy for like a week and i was like this is not gonna work it's way too easy yeah. um, i need to figure there has to be something out there that can get me stronger and help me out well i had no idea what that was i walked into a crossfit gym one day and crossfit has a really bad rep for being really intense and for honestly owned the gym done all these things i'll get into that but we'll get in CrossFit. It was great for me because of the community. I had a really good coach that was there and he helped me get stronger and knew where I was. Um, but my pain never went away and that was the problem. So I got stronger. I learned a lot of things through CrossFit and I finally found a surgeon that would operate on me and was like, I'll fix you. I just don't know exactly what it's going to be like after. It's perfect. You know, at this point I was, you know, I'm at that point. I was so over it. I was so over being numb and, and hurting all the time. So I was in. And so that was pretty big surgery. It was like eight or nine hours. Um, woke up wow. and instantly felt that not having that pain. And I could lay there in bed and feel that pain um, all the time. So that was the best move I've ever made in my life. And I know back surgery gets a lot of bad raps. And I was in the best shape I'd ever been in my life when I went into the surgery. So saying that, you know, for someone there that, you know, is dealing with a lot of lower back pain, if you have gotten strong and tried and done all those things and been consistent in, you know, your rehab, um, and it's still not going away, I don't think it's a terrible option to just make sure that, you know, your surgeon's getting results that you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, definitely have to do your research when it comes to that. But, um, and also, if you have lower back pain and you don't work out, uh, that is a, an incredible way to mitigate that pain and really, uh, really help your body out too. The CrossFit or the surgery? No, uh, just fitness in general. Oh, you know, fitness. like if yeah. you're not, yeah, if you're not working out at all um, and you're having lower back pain, you know, people, I don't understand why that's happening. Well, you're not using your body. It's, you know, your muscles are atrophying, you're weak. Um, you're sitting for majority of the day because that's where we're at in society these days, you know, when you're yeah. working or, on social media, head down, slouch, bad posture, like it all just connects. So yeah, as you say that, yeah, yeah. as I say that, just sit up and squeeze those shoulders back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, but as you're talking about that, you know, like one thing that I found is like, I had, was doing some working out, but like I do my workouts through Andy Wolf. Uh, you guys said I love Andy. Yes. He's been fantastic. I've been with him for um, a little over a year now. And when I started, I found him on Instagram, just kind of like you guys, you know, I'd seen your stuff and mm -hmm. seen his stuff. And I was like, this is cool. And 
um, I knew that I had a missing element in my fitness and like, I never really did the whole fitness thing. Like I played basketball. I tied goats. I was athletic. Like it was easy Mm -hmm. for me naturally when I was younger. Like I didn't have to really work outside. I I mean, I probably should have been, but I was still successful without the gym aspect of it. Well, as you get older, as you get more competitive. And I remember watching, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was like the first or second year of the American. And one of the girls ran this super powerful stud horse and they made it to the top four. And when they came out, they're like, she rode two handed around all three barrels. And this sucker was like a maniac, you know? Yeah. Holy smoke. How is she doing that? And I was trying to make the circuit finals at the time. And, you know, just looking for every 10, every hundredth of a second Mm -hmm. that I could eliminate. And she said, well, I do yoga. And that has really increased my core. And that was like the tipping point for me to be like, okay, I need to do something physical, you know? So then I started down the yoga road and then I did the whole like at home video workout. And then I did like, just killed myself with no real results, you know, like, yeah, I was sweating. Yeah. I was in better shape than what I was, but it wasn't targeted. It wasn't purposeful. It wasn't guided at all. I had nobody to help me to say, oh, you're actually making things worse because you're not set up for that. Um, and I had a, a physical therapist come and work on me at one point in time. And he does all this cool, like nerve stuff, release stuff. He's like, well, you're just so weak between your shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. And like, I never thought about that. Like you're talking about your lower back. Well, like women generally are stronger from the waist down, you know, but like their upper body's so weak. And I did not realize that. And so now I do a lot more like lifting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the pain that like there's so much less pain between my shoulder blades like I can ride more horses a day like when you're supposed when you're getting older it's supposed to be harder like all of doing the workouts and like taking it to the next level and learning how to work out and just to strengthening the right muscles like you said you had a a good community and a coach that was able Mm -hmm. to help you and like that's what I feel like I've developed and gosh it makes a huge difference it really does and it's you know it's an investment in yourself and um you know, when I got into CrossFit, it was literally for the community aspect. I didn't have rodeo anymore. I'd been two years without it and being around a group of people, not necessarily working out the exact same way, but working together fired me up and felt, you know, it felt good to be around people working together and, and, and kind of striving towards those same goals of just bettering themselves. So that's what really made me fall in love with the community. Um, I got certified to be a CrossFit coach after my surgery, um, is one of the best things that I ever did just coaching wise, because it, it got me out of my box, right? It, it was, it was uncomfortable for me. I, I didn't love it at first, but the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it and watching people change was the coolest part, right? Achieving their goals and, um, in health and fitness. And then I ended up buying the gym that I started at. Oh, cool! And that was in Huntsville, Texas, where I graduated college. And I ran that for like five years and then ended up selling it. But um, through CrossFit and through having that gym, I realized that CrossFit wasn't necessarily the best form of exercise because there are so many things that need to be, there needs to be a huge foundation laid before someone goes and does CrossFit, right? Mm-hmm. And CrossFit was a really big fad then, and it still is a great thing, but people were going there again in need of a community to get better, right? Yeah. But they needed to be scaled way down. And most CrossFit gyms don't do that or don't do it well. So that's what I started getting really, really good at was dumbing it down and dumbing it down is a bad term, but just making it easier and more doable for everybody. Yes. And then, you you know, what CrossFit is. 
CrossFit is it's, mm-hmm. CrossFit is it's a mix of modalities in exercise. So it's pretty much across the board. There's going to be a piece of fitness from everything in there. So it's a mix of weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, mostly some kind of cardio movement, um, gymnastics. And then there can be the oddball thing, uh, flipping tires, whatever it is, climbing ropes, all military type things. Um, It's just a big mix. And they have, it has a lot of Olympic weightlifting in it, which requires a ton of skill and a ton of prerequisites as an athlete um, of training before you get to these levels. So um, if you find a good coach and, and everything like that, and they start, you know, they have beginning level classes and intermediate and it goes like that in their gym. I think that's a really good place for someone to be. If it's just CrossFit all day long, the same workout for everybody. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, you need something that is individualized for you because we're not the same. Like nobody is the same. You know, yeah. your body's different than mine. Mine is different than Caleb Bennett's who's here with me. Like we're all different. We might, and like me and Caleb might have very similar things in our workouts, but because we're on individualized plans and our coaches look at how we are, they're assessing our weaknesses and our imbalances. And so, you know, when he's doing our part, a might be the same, but a part B is different because we're working on our, our weaknesses at that point. And then part C might be the same, but then part D is different. However, it works, however your coach sets it up. But, you know, if you're a bareback rider or a bull rider or a barrel racer, um, versus a goat tire, like all four of those may have very, very similar um, exercises in their programs, but they're going to be a little different based off of what needs to happen in each event, what needs to happen per athlete on their, you know, strengths and weaknesses. So, um, well, and that's what I found too. Like when I was doing the, um, like when I tried to do the videos, you know, you've got men and women and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, this is not working for me. Like you guys, I don't know who these people are on the screen, but like, I need something different. And so, you know, just off of what you're saying and, and I see so many people like that I talk to about fitness. I think fitness is becoming more and more popular. You know, you talked about how you help such a variety of people. And I think that we're starting to make that shift back in America to fitness. Mm -hmm. I think that We went from, you know, when we talk about rodeo today versus what it used to be and how like, oh, cowboys don't have to work out, blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. but they used to be on the farm all day, every Mm -hmm. day or the ranch or whatever, like physically doing stuff outside 24 seven. And now it's like you said, we sit in front of a screen or hunched Mm -hmm. over. We're not doing the natural stuff and using our bodies Mm -hmm. that way. And so like that transition into the gym, but I think it's just taken however long it's taken for people to realize like, Oh, like this isn't the same. We do have to do things differently now. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, guys back, you know, when rodeo, when we think, talk about that, you know, the, the men being made of steel and the shoots being made of wood, those times, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that era, those guys, like you said, we were so strong because they did manual labor and they did cowboy work. And like you're saying, today's world, we're not in that realm. Most of us, even not just children, not just kids, like adults yeah. alone are are stagnant and sitting most of the time. So we put on a lot of schools for for bucking horses mostly. Um, that's you know, no one wants me teaching them bull ride, and I don't want to teach bull ride. So, <laughs> uh, but we're we run into that a lot in the sense that even when I started kids and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but we're just a little tougher. And I think that's because of 
what our childhood were we you know we were out playing we were out doing stuff you know you fall down you get up and go you know wipe off the blood and go do, do it again um, yeah. but now like you're saying most kids are inside because that's just where we are the cell phone keeps you inside and you don't they don't have to be out and go through adversity that often um, which, which is why I think rodeo is one of the best things for kids these days as well, because when they come to these schools, you can tell them that first day, they're a little timid. And, um, one of the surveys flank men, his name is Chuck and he's was one of the toughest. He is okay. the toughest cow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I know> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, he is, he's brutally honest and he'll tell you what, you, what he, what he thinks, but he is also, he made one of the comments about that's the one who brought that up to me was kids aren't don't have to do those things anymore they don't have to go throw hay all summer long they don't have to do these things mm -hmm. that make them really really this isn't it's a big deal to them is what i'm getting at like getting on a bucking horse for the first time is not the same anymore there's it's a lot for them to do that and to it's it's very overstimulating like all the things you know they've yeah. never had adrenaline pumping that hard before so they're having a lot of first time so watching them change over those few days is the coolest thing for us at schools because they do start to come overcome that adversity and you can see that come up in them that they're like, I'm, they figure out how to be tough yeah. and, and believe in themselves, which is the coolest thing. So that's, you know, that's why I love rodeo and why I think it's, you know, like America in general needs rodeo right now, yeah. not just Amen. kids. I mean, it's just, there's no, no better community and what the, what we all stand for. It's, it's a heck of a place to be. It is, you know, and, and that is so much of it. And I do think the, the hard work mentality that like, you cannot, a device cannot help you be successful. Like you have no. got to put in the physical work. Not that you can't learn from a device. Like you can watch the YouTube videos. You can listen to the podcast. You can do all that kind of stuff, but you will not be successful unless you go out there and put the physical aspect and the mental aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that happens a lot. We run into, and we talk about this on our podcast all the time is that motivation versus dedication, right? Motivation is something that you get excited about for a short amount of time, but then it slowly bleeds out. Dedication is something that no matter what, you are being consistent in doing it. And we see that whether it's fitness, nutrition, rodeo, yes. um, you know, you want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, cool. Are you just in love with the thought of what it will be like after that? Or are you in love, falling in love with the process of getting to losing that 20 pounds? Because that's the big deal right there yeah, is awesome. if you can fall in love with the, I love going to the gym every day because it makes me feel good. All of a sudden that 20 pounds doesn't matter. And you're probably, you know, that 20 pounds is gone before you know it, because you love going to the gym. You love your routine that you've created. You love seeing the changes in yourself. And all of a sudden that number isn't a thing anymore. It's just it's gone because you're focusing on the systems, not the outcome. And I think with any goal, that's really important is you've got to have great systems and processes in place or else you're going to fall flat on your face. And that, you know, same thing with, with rodeo, you want to be a world champ. Okay. What does that mean? That means that you have to probably go to a hundred rodeos a year. You have to win money. You know, I mean, in every event, I think the top 15, it was a hundred thousand dollars was around the bottom hole. Yeah. So you got to win $100,000 at the minimum. And that was last year. So the next year, you got to think they're adding more money to rodeos. There's more things happening. It's probably going to take a little more to get there. So for you to win a hundred grand, you know, like where, what does that mean? It's like, I've got to win us. If I go to, you know, a hundred rodeos, it's like, you got to win money at probably half of those at 50%. And then some of those have to be bigger rodeos or whatever. And that looks, that sounds really confusing, right? So they got to break it down even more and make them, you know, quarterly, monthly goals 
this, you know, this month, if I'm going to hundred rodeos in a year, there's 12 months in the year, I got to go to 10 rodeos ish, a little less. Okay. Four weeks. That's two, two to three rodeos a week. All right, cool. We're doing good now. Right. It's like, okay, now where am I going? Where, you know, am I a rookie? Am I, uh, still on my permit, you know, all those things matter. You've got to have a game plan for it also mapping these things out, you know, as you're younger, even if you're in, you know, little britches or whatever it is, junior high school rodeo, high school rodeo, make a game plan for yourself. If you want to be a state champ or a little britches champ, you've got to, you know, stay on a certain amount of stock or go to this. You got to, if you're a timed event person, you have to place in this amount of, you know, the top, whatever to get points, um, whatever it is, you've just got to start going off of your odds and start putting those together and making a game plan. And it's not always going to go to plan. And that's the thing about rodeo too, is we can only control 50% of it. Um, so you've got to have a little wiggle room and have, you know, uh, crossroads where it's like, yeah. okay, this didn't go that way. I'm going this way then. Yeah. Um, and then some and adjust, like if you can't adjust, then it ain't going to work very well. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing when it comes to all these goals is you putting in the work and you being consistent about it. So you have to do all these things. Yes. And go to all these rodeos. Yes. But are you preparing yourself for those opportunities that are about to be placed in front of you? Because like we just said, you control 50% of it, right? So those one time or two times a month that you draw the really good horse, the really good bull, the good calf, you have that, you know, really good ground to run on whatever it is. You've got to be able to take advantage of those times because the other half of the time, it might not go like that. And you could have done everything you possibly yeah. could have. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, you've got to prepare outside of the arena. You have to be going to the gym and the gym needs to complement your practicing yeah. your skill practice. And we say that whether you're getting on the spur board time to vent, people are going to rope a lot more than rough stock guys are going to be able to get on stock. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've got to think about the volume the amount of reps you're putting in, in practice, yeah. does that complement what you're doing in the gym? So you shouldn't be, you know, we see it all the time, guys tie calves all day. They, they see wrestle all day. And then they go in the gym and try and kill themselves and they get two days in and they're just wrecked because they can't recover. It's too much. The gym and practice should complement each other. Yeah. Um, so whatever that is for you, you have to just get a good, good balance. Um, and it doesn't have to be an hour a day in the gym. It could be 20 minutes. And that's a great start. If you're, you know, and I just think an hour, people get stuck on that hour, 90 minute workout. I have to go for that amount of time. Yeah. And it's like, when you look at your schedule, sometimes an hour or 90 minutes is hard to find, especially as you get older. Yeah. Um, so, but you can dang sure find it 20 and yeah. you can probably find that, you know, four or five, six times a week if you wanted. And instead of saying, I don't have an hour and doing that over and over and over. So you got two workouts in through the week, two hours. You know, maybe if you did 20 minutes all week, that is two hours of, yeah. of work, you know, and you didn't really have to change that much of your schedule. And over time, you'll notice these huge changes and yeah. you didn't, you know, didn't anticipate them. It's, it's cool. And that works like that for everything. Yeah. Well, and I liked on the podcast that you did with Andy that I listened to, like you guys even talked about how, as long as you can get into the gym two or three days a week, even like mm -hmm. minimum of two, but you don't have to go seven days a week. You don't have to go five days a week. Like. I mean, if you can, like, yep. I mean, yeah, but awesome. moderation yeah. and, you know, whatever mm -hmm. accommodates you, but um, just making it a part of the journey. And like, I just want to backtrack a little bit and how you're talking about like the preparation aspect of it. And, you know, like where I'm at right now and trying to sell the performance funny company is also so that I can 
go do that. And so I'm trying to put in the mental aspect of it. I'm trying to put in the physical aspect. I'm trying to get more reps in the practice pen and stuff like that. So hopefully next year or however long it takes to, to give myself that time, but you can prepare at home. Like for those who are transitioning from high school to college, or even who are in the off season or anything like that, like that's your time. Maybe it's not your time to hit the road right now, but you can still be doing things consistently. Maybe you don't have the horse yet. Like you wanted to be a cap roper or a barrel racer or a goat tire, whatever it is your whole life. And you're preparing to get that first horse or Mm -hmm. that step up horse or whatever it is. Like, this is how you be prepared for that next opportunity that's going to come your way. Exactly. And I cannot stress that enough. Like if you are someone that is wanting to get started in something, especially one of these events that requires you to be athletic and be strong, you have to have a foundation set. And a perfect example is I have, we have a client, his name is Derek, and he is 34 years old, never been on a bareback horse in his life, wants to get on. Cool. Like you, you haven't been beat up like all of us. Your body's still okay. Like, you know, you're a little more mature. I don't see why you couldn't if um, you wanted to. So he was not in shape for it. And I was really honest with him, you know, Hey man, like if you get on, it's not going to be a great experience. You've got to work on the foundation. So we taught him how to ride a spur board. We taught him how to ride a bucket machine. We've been programming workouts for him for two months now. And Jamie Hallett is the one who helped me at the school with him. And he sent me a video yesterday of him on a spur board. And he's like, dude, do you remember this guy? I'm like, of course we do. We coach him, you know, and it is, this was, uh, what's today? The 16th. So this was two weeks ago and it literally looks like a completely different person on the spur board. So he, and he's been, but he had been working out with us for eight weeks prior to the school. So two months of work before the school came to the school, learned all the skills to get on the spur board, which again, it requires strength to ride the spur board. Spur board is like one of the hardest things ever. I think, um, I think it's tougher and takes more out of you than actually riding bucking horses. So you've got to be, it shows weaknesses quick. And that's why I love it because fundamentally you have to have certain things, ride bucking horses. You have to have certain strengths athletically to do it. And then you have to have a good mindset. So you get to see every, but watching him, you know, it's just, it just proves even more. And we see it every day, like the proof in the pudding, but yeah. If you put in the work and do prepare yourself, you're just putting yourself up on it, setting yourself up for a much better trajectory going forward. I love success stories like that. You know, they're just, there's so many of them out there. Um, and it's just really cool when it does come together. And so hopefully for those kids and, and even the parents who are listening to this or adults, like just because you haven't done it before, doesn't mean that you can't, you just need exactly. to prepare yourself so that you're setting yourself up for success. When you do try it, I see so many people who, um, and youth, especially, or like parents who come in and, and they're just the, they've got the right intentions. They have mm-hmm. the right desires, but just like you said, there's, there's steps to take to, to get there and coming up with a plan and creating, creating that, uh, is a game changer. It's huge. And like you're saying, like most parents, I think have the best of intentions. We just, this is so new to the sport rodeo, like fitness in general is so new that we just, we don't know. Like a lot of people just don't know the information that's out there and what really needs to be done. You know, they think of um, their high school football team when they played, you know, they went and lifted weights and that's what they're immediately revert to. Well, things have changed a lot since then, you know? And um, I think that if you are a parent, getting involved in it yourself too, is a great way to be that example to your kid. And also you're going to help yourself out a lot too, because 
being a rodeo parent is hard. <laughs> like it is. It's tough. You've got to do a lot and you're constantly, you know, taking care of horses and, and helping your kids and, and on the road. I mean, you're rodeoing just as hard as they are. So and you're I think and you're them and exactly all the things. And yeah, so care I, of the other three yeah. children that are running around yeah, and all the neighborhood children. You know, how great would it be to be able to run, do all that and not be sore and not have your knees hurt just, you know, from whatever life is thrown at you. Um, and we see that all the time. And that's the yeah. one of my favorite things to see in what we do is those kinds of people just getting to enjoy their life again and getting yeah. to have a better quality of life because that's what this is all about in the end. Rodeo eventually is going to be gone, not as a sport, but for you, you know, yeah. we're going to grow, we're going to expire in the sport and then whether it's rough soccer time event, very big differences in the time frame. Yeah. but with what we're doing and resistance training and preparing bodies. And that's our goal is we want to see like a Tom Brady in the rough sock event. I want to see someone win a world title at 40 and be okay for, you know, be okay for life after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There that's, that's an anomaly, but I think it is, it's definitely feasible and it's definitely possible with a lot of good preparation from the get go. So yeah. if you're young, get ahead of this. Like if you want to, not get a big boy job after you're done rodeoing. Think about how much more money you could win in five years of extra time. You know, longevity in the sport is the goal because that's where you get, and no one gets rich in this, but you know, quote unquote, that's where you get rich. Um, and, you know, I mean, imagine having a bunch of endorsements that, you know, you had a great, it paid for everything you needed in the year and you had five more years of that it means all your winnings you could put, if you were smart with your money, you could yeah. put away and not have to go get a job after your rodeo. There could be a lot of other things after. And that's kind of what I'm always trying to get people to expand their, their view of, or their, yeah. their mindset is rodeo is not going to be here eventually. Let it be the, the tool or the, um, you know, the yeah. truck or, or whatever that gets you down the path and sets you up for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Don't let it be the best years of your life. And that's it. Yeah. You know, that's a great way to explain that. And I think, you know, as we were talking about the parents who listen to this, like, you are under so much pressure to do all of these things and to raise your child and to be the coach. Like you didn't sign up for that when you had kids. So exactly. utilizing programs like yours, like we're doing the mental game clinics, um, sending your kids to a coach in general, like that's still, you know, clinics has always kind of been around, but um, coaching, I feel like there's another level of it now that yeah. we have virtual coaching, like mm -hmm. invest in that because you're going to spend your money on fuel and your kid not winning. Or you can invest in like getting a little extra outside help because you're also telling them to pick up their room, to do the laundry, to do the dishes. And then you're telling them to keep their tip down and to yeah. do this, to do that. And like, yeah. it just gets to where it all sounds like it's the same. It does. And it, it's almost unfair to the parent. I think like they shouldn't have to do that. It takes so away from what they're really good at, you know, yeah. whatever that is, whatever their skills are as their parent, but every parent has their weakness and, you know, there are things they're not as great at it. And I think if you can find another person that's a professional and is going to help them. So for instance, a coach in fitness yeah. and the best thing about our coaches, we all rodeoed. So we have tons of rodeo, you know, advice for guys and we help kids all the time. And we try and be not just coach, but mentors to them. And we have, you know, open the line if they may ever have anything they want to call call us we'll we'll give you the best advice we you know we can uh um whether it's life rodeo or fitness yeah. and nutrition we're, we're here for it and we're here to help and i think that as a parent it gets hard to wear all the hats because then it gets crossed right it's like is mom gonna yell at me for this this time or you know like yeah. what's well, you get that fear of like when you back in the box or get down in the shoot or whatever it is 
then you're more worried about like what's going to happen back at the trailer at the truck mm-hmm. or whatever versus focusing on the task at hand and so yeah letting exactly. somebody else you know be the support there and then you just get to be the parent that's cheering for them and the shoulder mm-hmm. to lean on and the support system versus the whole system yep and even like the accountability aspect and that's one of the one of the best things or like uh one of the reviews we get from parents when we're working with their kids is like, we love that you guys call them out when they're not doing their thing. So we don't have yeah. to be that. They come to me and say, dang, Doug just like called me out for missing a couple of days. And it's like, yeah, like that's what happens. You're wasting your money, you're wasting our money. And they get to learn that way. Right. Instead of mom saying, why aren't you working out every single day? Yeah. Like, you know, as a kid, I hear my mom saying that I'm just like in one ear out the other. Um, you know, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't resonate the same as a coach. Exactly. <laughs> It's a really useful tool to to get a coach and, and use it for not just the parent, but the person or yeah. the uh, child as well. You bet. I have a contract that I make all my kids sign and the parents sign when they come to my lessons. And uh, the first rule is no can'ts. And so if they say can't, they have to run. Um, if That's they're so in the funny. arena. And then I have like, I use uh, a lot of my uh, stuff is mostly with younger kids. And so I've had parents that will even go home and they'll put a list up on their um, refrigerator or somewhere, you know, that people can see. And if the kids say can't, they mark down however many cans they say between lessons. And then they also have a list for cans. So if there's more cans, then they don't have to run when they Mm -hmm. get to the lesson. But if they have more cans, then down and back before we even start. (laughs) That that's so great. No, it's so simple, but like in all reality, that's one of the most important things I think in success in anything is your self-talk and how you talk about yourself and what you can do Mm -hmm. and what that old saying whether you believe you can or you can't you're right is so spot on and we see that every day in what we do and it it usually is coming from the rodeo arena and not necessarily the gym Um, you know they think I can't do this or they're having going through a, a hard time a slump and the hardest thing about rodeo is keeping it as simple as it is right Yes. because they're like three steps four steps to every event and if you do a b c or a b c and d mm-hmm. really 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 well every time you're gonna win money yeah. pretty much every time what happens is you win money and then you're like i gotta add an e on there or an extra one and then you just mess yourself up and then you're like oh my god I, maybe i should go a b c d e f g now like and yeah. then it just spirals right and it's like no no just deep breath in a b and c every single time yeah. and you you win like it's it's so simple and like bareback riding is one is the is the easiest thing to do mechanically ever when it comes to the steps but the hardest thing to think that simply about it because you know i mean it's so much happening it's Mm -hmm. terrifying first of all for the most part and then uh yeah it's just but it's it's wild to see that just how the mind works the mind is the real it's the hardest part. 90% between the ears is again, another really, really solid saying, right? Mm-hmm. Got to master, you got to train the, train, train the mind too. And that's a, that's a whole other topic that could go yeah. down the rabbit hole of, but yeah, for sure. That's self-talk is really good. Andy has started, we are doing the mental game clinics mm-hmm. um, and I participated in the first one, well, participating in all of them because I need it just as much as anybody does. And it was so cool. Like same thing, simplifying it, like just simplifying it down to a routine and having a purpose for your routine. And like, just, he literally had us standing on tables within the first 20 minutes and it's like, okay, this is cool. 
but yeah, like I backed in the box with the next rope and I went to and simplified everything and had this routine and had a reason for my routine, had a way to shut out the background noise, like the history that's in the past, um, the noise that's around me, like the people talking and that kind of stuff. Um, the self-doubt like that, all of it, like was able to just simplify it to these three things, like walk in the box, breathe, say rope the out of them and go catch like, and it worked. Yep. and it worked that's so yep it's so and it's your every bit of you wants to say this is so dumb this is not gonna work why are you doing this like you know and you're like this is not gonna work and then it goes beautifully and you're like oh my god it really is that easy and then you sit there and go wow i've really just made this so hard on myself for so long right horse like i've had this younger horse he's not really young but he's still green to the rodeo scene and like i realized just how much because when when you're going a b c d that's one thing but when you're adding all of that or if you're starting at d instead of Mm -hmm. you're not focused like your horse feels all of that and so you know when your breakaway rope and you're trying to be you know three seconds and under two seconds and under i mean you gotta be able to be quiet and be calm and like if you've got that noise in your brain you're sending that noise right to whatever animal whether you're getting Mm -hmm. on a bucking horse or a bull or Mm -hmm. whatever that noise translates right to them. Mm-hmm. So being able to simplify things makes it easier for everybody involved. That's such a cool thing that I, that you just said that because I, every school we do for with young kids, especially they, you know, I mean, you're nervous, you're amped up getting on a bucking horse, yeah. but I, a horse can feel a fly on its back. Right. I mean, you're talking about a minuscule thing and it shifts its back because it's getting it off there and can feel that it's that sensitive. So a human body has, two big arteries that run through the back of your legs. And so if your heart is pounding and you're wound up and you sit down on a horse, especially in the bareback riding, and you don't think he can feel every bit of you and how nervous you are, he knows everything, right? So I'm always encouraging them to, you know, deep breaths, nose breathing is nasal breathing is huge, but really getting to, if you can get yourself to calm down, it's going to get that animal to calm down and be able to do his job. He's going to buck better. Or in your instance, he's going to be able to get you in a position to rope a lot better and stop and do all the things. So it's all a dance with your animal too. And that's, you know, people don't think about there's a full, the full picture, the full puzzle, puzzle picture of it all, but but, um, so simple, (laughs) so easy, so easy. Yeah. It's, it's dumb how easy it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also infuriating at times so that you're just like, why can't I not just keep it simple? Like, stop thinking you're yeah. too smart. <laughs> okay. So one of the questions that we have that I find comes up a lot, um, when I talk to the kids or when I ask them about different topics that they want to hear about, a lot of it goes back to how do you overcome the mental side of things? Like when you've been through an injury or when your horse has been through an injury or like, how do you get back on top? when you've got all of that stuff going on, the fear, you know, the, even just your natural reaction to it, because then your body says, protect yourself. Mm-hmm. How did you do that when you break your back? That is, that is something that takes time and it's going to be different for everybody, depending on what your injury is. So if it's a severe injury, I think the biggest thing with me is I had a lot of grace with myself. I didn't put a time frame on my healing, right? I wasn't sitting here saying, I have to be ready by this amount of time. I went solely off of how I felt. So if my back was really sore one day, I didn't go hit the gym really hard. I consistently had test points. So when I came back from surgery, I had things that I tested to make sure that I was getting better at and to prove to myself in my brain that it was okay, that we're getting better and better and better, right? So one of those things was a deadlift. 
um, a one rep max deadlift, right? Yeah, everyone, I, I hate them too. I still hate them. But one of the best things you can do for yourself in your spine, if you're deadlifting correctly, is to deadlift. It's to will build you up and make you strong. And there's actually a lot of science, like people getting in like big car wrecks and stuff that deadlift and their strong posterior chain are fine. And people that don't, yeah, it's crazy. But if you can think about a horse wreck or a, car, a bull wreck, like it pretty much like a car wreck. So that's why we encourage yeah. guys and girls to build that posterior chain, that backside, um, those back muscles. But I had these tests in place and I went solely off of feel every day and it changed up and down because when you're healing, your body's going through different phases of recovery, right? So you have to have some grace with yourself and you have to um, listen to your body. And when those days where you can push a little bit, push a little bit, when it tells you that you need to slow down a little bit, slow down a little bit. But as I started feeling better, I started making myself do the things I would do in regular day life that I was nervous about just a lot slower. Um, so again, a back squat was one of those things that made my back so angry. Um, so when I, I was nervous, I had it in my head that it was going to hurt, you know? And so I, I started with a box squat and started them really high. And eventually I just moved them lower and lower and lower over time, but proving to myself that, Hey dude, you're okay. And I would make myself sit in that position and I could feel my back and th like things starting to spasm because it was like, I usually protect in this position, right? Yeah. My body was, I was having to reteach it. So slowing things down, going really focusing on, can I feel every muscle working here was the biggest thing for me. And it took a long time. It took me a year, Yeah. but at a year I was further than I was when I had surgery. But those first six months were really tough because it was a lot of up and down, a lot of like, oh my God, did I hurt myself again today? Or like, you know, it's no, yeah. but your body has to relearn to do those things. And also if you've been dealing with an injury for a long time, the body is so good at finding workarounds and being okay. So for instance, you tear an adductor muscle. We've got three of them in each side. It, your body's going to use those other two really, really well. So almost that last one that you tore isn't there. Well, eventually over time, because you're overusing, overusing, they're going to have injuries come about them, right? So you get to find out, you get to make everything even again during those rehab times and coming back. And that should make your confidence even higher. And you're going to see that, um, you know, just in everything, just slow it down. Slow down when you first come back, really make it step process oriented you know if it's a back squat okay i'm going to you know drive back into my hamstrings press my thighs apart bend the knees and hold and squeeze the core if i'm going to be um you know getting back to tying calves okay well, where you need to get into that position and just tie first of all so am i comfortable in this kneeling position can i adduct and squeeze hard enough with my thighs to get them under control cool once that happens over a week or two i'm you feel stronger you feel better okay how do you feel running off you know down the rope and controlling them there you yeah. don't have to flip them at first but get down the rope and control them and stop them and brace does that hurt no okay can i cradle them can i get them into that position where i'm about to get into the ground that lights me up okay cool and that means i need to go back to the gym and work on my isometric you know hold or whatever it is yeah. but you have these steps that you are in place and you don't have to go back full swing and don't, I highly encourage you to make it really step oriented, like yeah. very simple. When I broke my back, they told me I never get on a bucking horse again. Seven years later, I crossfitted really hard, really figured out my body, figured out how it moved. Almost went to regionals a couple of times, like was really, really fit, was too heavy. So I was like, I'm a, I, and I wanted to get on a bucking horse for some reason. I was like, I'm going to do this again, just to prove to myself that last one, you know, wasn't, yeah, right. You just broke your back on the last one. Why would you want to get another one? But I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it again, you know, and that I wasn't going to end on that, that note.
Um, and so I had been training guys for like five years. And one of my good friends is Taylor Price. He won the American the second year they ever had it in bareback riding. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best bareback riders I've ever known, but also one of the best teachers when it comes to bareback riding I've ever known. So I went to his house and we got on the Spur Magic for three months. I got on the Spur Magic uh, bucket machine, worked out every day with him, and we didn't see a live horse for three months. And we just worked on the mechanics. And literally the first two weeks on the Spur Magic, I marked it out and just practiced yeah. and just staying tight. But those steps over time proved to my body that I could do it again. And eventually I got on bucket machine, could ride it on the fourth gear, which was honestly felt pretty spicy, <laughs> like pretty <laughs> solid. Um, and I went and got on a bucking horse for the first time in seven years and literally made the best ride I've ever made in my entire life. Wow. Um, and that was literally because of just the systems that we put in place and keeping it simple you know, every time. And it, my brain was my worst enemy when I was rodeoing, like I could not get it to, to calm down, to slow down. Right. And it, it sabotaged, I sabotaged myself my entire career. And if once I took that time to retrain myself and my brain, the, the train of how I thought about bareback riding, how I thought about my capabilities of in the arena, like part of my friends, but it was shit. It was terrible. And I, I had terrible self-talk. And once I, I had gained a lot of confidence in my body and everything through CrossFit. And I knew I was able to do all these things in the gym. Why can't you just translate that to the arena? And once I started thinking about it in that simple mindset of just do the basics correctly, because that's CrossFit and any kind of working out too, you will get the best results doing the basics perfectly. Um, And that's usually going a little bit slower than you want to. And then it works out way better. You have to trust that it's going to happen and that what your, you know, your processes are good. Um, so bareback riding, you just lift on your rig and tuck your chin and set your feet. And that's all I did the entire time. Super easy. And yeah. so it was pretty cool to see that all work. And, um, it, it works for everything. Like we were saying earlier, you got it. You have those systems in place and it's just keep it simple. So if you're struggling with, you know, coming back from an injury or, um, it might not even be a physical injury. If you're having a mental deal where you're just mm-hmm. not able to think positively about what you're doing, um, slow it down write out your goals, you know, and your, how you're going to get there in your processes. And whether it is, maybe you are coming back from injury and you're scared of something, write those fears out, speak them. And then, okay, what can I do to test that? That's not going to, you know, to make that fear go away, to prove to my brain that it's not real. Um, and usually it just takes a little bit of connecting with yourself and, uh, it goes away a lot faster than you think it would. Yeah. Well, and I just, I love that. Like I wrote down just a few of the words that you said, you know, Number one, grace, have grace for yourself. Don't expect it all to come back. Don't beat yourself up. If you don't like get out of surgery, work out for two weeks and be able to go make the run of your life. Like, right. Probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe JB Mooney or one of those freaks of nature. Like we just have like God given talent that makes no Mm -hmm. sense. I mean, it makes sense, but, uh, like they might be able to, but 99.9% of the population is not going to be able to do that. So yeah, having grace for yourself, um, being able to just say, it's okay. Like, I don't, I think so many people have these big goals and when they have a setback, they let it completely just demolish them, you know, and, and everybody's got them. So just have grace for yourself and take the time. I wrote that work down, um, take the time staying in those difficult places that you're trying to move through and giving yourself the time to send your brain to say it is okay. Like mm-hmm. that's huge. Um, and then, yeah, just slowing it down altogether in, in the gym and life and the practice pen and all of it. Like 
And that's all like, I'm loving this because there are things that I can apply to, you know, you go through where like things are going great. And then you go through things are kind of like, oh, it's getting rocky again. And Mm -hmm. having conversations like this. And that's one thing that I love about being a podcast host is like, you get to have these conversations just as much for me as it is for the next person, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, that's kind of like you get to cheat, you get a double dip in the deal. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's awesome. Well, I know you guys have a lot going on. Um, I just love for you to share a little bit uh, as we round out about what it is that you're doing at your camps, mm-hmm. at your clinics, with your program, and how people can reach out to you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we are. This is we're this is our first day. We're having starting our Optimal Performance Academy for rodeo athletes, and we're going to be expanding this to all events and be working with um, professional athletes that are obviously in those events to teach the skills of the events. But we're bringing the skills of being a professional rodeo athlete to these schools, meaning you're going to learn a lot more than just. And I always revert to bucking horses because I'm just a lowly bareback rider. But <laughs> uh, so no offense to like ropers or anything, but bareback riding school we have a saddle bronc riding school right now you're going to learn how to work out correctly you're going to learn how to do your nutrition correctly not just when you're at home but on the road um, we have a social media segment that um Lori O'Harvish from Bronc Riding Nation is down here. She is going to help us with her social media training and how to do interviews. So how to be in front of a camera, um, the things things brands are looking for when we're doing social media posts, how to get more attra- um, interaction, things like that, and really use you know those things that kind of hinder us, these dang cell phones, yeah. um, but use them to your advantage. Um, yeah. And then we're going to teach guys and girls um, how to how to budget when you're on the road, you know, what are expenses? Um, how do I figure out if I really have enough money to go rodeo this weekend? Um, all the things that come into, to play in fixed costs, you know, variable costs, all those, all those little things. And then we're going to, um, do you do like the actual, you do skills too? Oh yes. So we, uh, for instance here, most rough stock schools you go to, you're getting on young animals, they're bucking colts, fucking calves, whatever it is to see what they're going to do. And that's great because the horses are learning, the kids are learning. They haven't, you know, it's, it's, it is a good thing, but this is a, a developmental camp, meaning this is not for beginners. This is for kids that are ready to go to the next level, whether it is college to professional rodeo, high school, to professional rodeo, they're about to make that turn about 16 years old is the youngest that will take up till whatever you, however old that is, we would, um, but you're learning how to be a, oh, entering how to enter, um, the strategy behind entering and not just like how to call ProCom and enter, but actually like if you're on your permit, these are the rodeos you should be focusing on. And this is why, um, and getting some of these guys that have made the NFR, like Bennett Caleb's made the NFR eight times. He's going to kill me if I get this wrong. Eight times. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Yeah. Like looking, who's like looking over to that. He's like, yeah. Um, but they're going to, and you're getting all, you're going to get on, we paid for your, high low pro rodeo which is a professional contractor to bring horses that they haul so these kids that are getting on aren't getting on i don't know what's going to happen they're getting on horses that through our analysis so they're today they're getting on sperm magic they're getting on bucking machine Mm -hmm. we're going to see where they are at physically where they are in their riding capabilities and then then we can pick horses that are going to help them get better and work on those things that they need to work on rather than this one might run this one might do a backflip i'm not sure you know it's it's controlled it's really really controlled and that's That's the biggest thing we need is we need control of everything to make this the 
the most beneficial we can for these guys. So we're trying to take rodeo schools to the next level. And we're trying to add all these life skills and professional skills into this because that's the whole picture. Guys go to rodeo schools and think I've been on five horses. I'm going to get my permit and I'm a bareback rider, man, the, it's going to be a long road to learning. And I only know that because that was me. Yeah. You know, there, but there wasn't most people, these this right. wasn't available before. Exactly. You know? as I've talked with different people in the PRCA who are on the board and stuff, you know, they're trying to find like the PRCA is trying to do it all. And like, well, how do we do mm-hmm. this? How do we do that? And it's like, well, you just need to have like outreach, like let other mm-hmm. people do that part. Like yes. if you're doing, um, you know, what we're doing with rodeo kids, like, you know, let us do our job and you focus mm-hmm. on the rodeos, you know? And exactly. Uh, I think what you're doing is awesome because I do think that's a huge one that there aren't enough safe horses or coaches that kids are going and learning on, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they aren't as tough as they used to be because they, they can't be, you know, we live mm-hmm. in a different culture. We live in a different yep. society and they're not being set up for success. The very first time they get on um, and it scares them off or it hurts them. Literally mm-hmm. it hurts them. And moms today are not nearly as willing to let their babies get hurt as what they used no, to. They <laughs> <laughs> so, no, they are not. No, they are not. You no, do we're out. have to be able to band-aid it a little bit. Have to. And it's it's a place for someone to finally let to level up. Yeah. You know, there never was a place to level up. There was only learn the basics and go figure it out. And we did that forever. And we've been saying forever, man, I wish we'd have all these things, A, B, and C when we were going. So it's like, why don't we just make those things? So that's what yeah. we're doing, you know, and that's why we want to bring this to every event and rodeo, not just the rough sock. I think this will be huge for every, every end of the arena um we also have a rodeo fitness app that we just released and this is for if you wanted to get a taste of what we do get an introduction of how we are and what um our workouts look like but you don't want to coach yet and make that investment this is somewhere you can go get workout programs 19 bucks a month it'll give you one program if you want to put spend on all the programs and see them we have about six of them up it's 49 bucks for the month and you can get access to all six programs but we have bareback saddle bronc bull riding roping 101 um we have a female functional bodybuilding which is for um it's for guys too i would say but it's mostly focused on the things women like to uh enhance legs glutes all those things (laughs) core you know how it goes um but it's 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 a totally it's not for rodeo at all and then we have a bodyweight 101 program which is no equipment needed you could do this anywhere you wanted and I think I made that $9.99 a month. So it's just people can get on there, demo videos. You can track all your progress. Workouts are there. They're eight weeks long each. Um, they're awesome. We also have Champion Living Fitness Podcast, which is um, similar to this. We talk about rodeo, but we also talk about fitness, nutrition. Um, we have lots of guests on there, uh, everywhere from hormone doctors to NFR athletes. Um, yeah. kind of just touch all over the board there. And then if you want to find any, uh, if we have tons of free workouts on Instagram and, and Facebook, we, um, my Instagram is at champion.living. We also have a private Facebook group that is free for anyone to join, but we post every single day on there. One of the coaches does and shares free information about whether it's mindset, nutrition, fitness, rodeo, tons of free info there. You just have to uh, answer our one membership question. And I think that's why do you want to join page yeah and to get more information about fitness rodeo is a great answer for anyone not listening if you don't answer the question you won't be accepted so just answer the one question if you want to get into that what's that what's it called champion living fitness it's a member or a a page or a members page and then champion living fitness on facebook again we'll pull up my business page there 
Um, Instagram is definitely a lot more active. It's the, our, my platform of choice. I have everything kind of shared from my Instagram to my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have eight other coaches that you can follow and, and find on my account too. That We have, uh, well, we have 50, we're up to almost 60 ambassadors now on the Rodeo Kids team. And so they're oh, constantly cool. creating content. So it's really mm-hmm. awesome because then they send me the videos and then I just repost their videos. And plus nobody wants to see me talk anyway. So I just let the kids take on the, the best. It's great content. So it's it is. Yeah. Kids That's smart. Kids. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's just so full of just rich information, thought-provoking stuff, you know, things that are instrumental in creating the life that you want and chasing those dreams and winning yeah. those gold buckles. Dang right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really, really enjoyed this. And um, we'll have you on the Champion Living Podcast here soon too. Awesome. Sounds great. Have a great day and good luck at your clinic. You too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the rodeokids.com podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow to let more people know about it and to stay updated when a new podcast comes out. Then head on over to rodeokids.com to learn about our new scholarship fund. This scholarship fund is for youth in the Western industry who have a desire to take things to the next level. Whether you're just getting started and building on your dream or if you've been involved for a little while but you're looking for that competitive advantage, that coaching, that next level, we are here to support you. If you or someone else you know is looking for that kind of opportunity, tell them to head on over to the rodeokids.com scholarship page. Have a fantastic day, everybody. Good luck, safe travels, and God bless.